Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying Podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. I hope all of you have continued to stay safe and stay well. I hope all of you have continued to socially distance yourselves, no matter where you may be living, no matter the state that you may be living in. Um, if, if the state that you live in requires you to do so, I hope that you've done so. Um, regardless of whether you've been vaccinated or not, um, I hope all of you have continued to stay safe and, you know, are continuing to be smart and continuing to stay strong. We are still in the middle of a pandemic. But with that being said, as you guys know, there have been a lot of things, a lot, a lot, a lot of things going on in sports thus far today. And just because I've been away for a while, for a little while, does not mean that I have not paid attention to anything that is going on in sports. So with that being said, let's get started. Obviously, as we all know, ladies and gentlemen, the NCAA... About a couple of months ago, or a month ago, let's just say a few weeks ago, approved a NIL approval, meaning image name and likeness, image name and likeness, to where now NCAA student athletes can now profit off of their name, image, and likeness. And here's the article from Bama Central FN. This article was written by Joey Blackwell, updated on June 30th, 2020. So here it is. The NCAA Division I Board of Directors voted on Wednesday afternoon to allow athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness while maintaining their eligibility alongside the governing bodies of both Division II and Division III athletics. The adapted interim policy will go into effect immediately, meaning that Student-athletes will now be able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. I've seen, I, I've seen so many athletes nowadays just, just jump on this immediately as soon as the NCAA approved this NIL policy. Immediately, um, as laws across multiple states allowing NIL to take place are slated to begin on July 1st. Now... With it being July 19th on a Monday, this obviously was passed 18 days ago. But here's the quote from NCAA President Mark Emmert. This is an important day for college athletes since they are since they all since they all are now able to take advantage of name, image and likeness opportunities. NCAA President Mark Emmert said in a statement with the with the with the variety, excuse me, of state laws adapted across the country, we will continue to work with Congress to develop a solution that will provide clarity on a national level. The current environment, both legal and legislative, prevents us from providing a more permanent solution and the level of detail student athletes deserve. Here's my here's my overall thought on this entire situation. Okay, here's my overall thought on this. Bottom line is this, it's about damn time. Okay? It's about damn time that you paid these that you've allowed these kids to go out and profit off of their name, image, and likeness when for the past God knows however many years the NCAA, whether it's been college baseball players, college lacrosse players, hockey players, 
football players, college basketball players. These student athletes are sacrificing their bodies for all of these universities, but yet, but yet these universities profit and they benefit off of it and these kids get nothing. Reggie Bush, which by the way, NCAA, give Reggie Bush his damn Heisman Trophy back. Give him his Heisman give him give him his Heisman back. He never once cheated you. He never once cheated you. He never there, there there's not one shred of of evidence that uh that Reggie Bush was was ineligible to play during that 2005 season when he won the Heisman trophy. There, there was none of that. He he just quote unquote took some improper benefits. Quote unquote. But now that the NCAA has approved this NIL policy, Reggie Bush said it a month ago. He said it weeks ago. He said he wants his Eisenman trophy back. And I agree with him. Give him his trophy back. Give that man his trophy back because he deserves it. And here's the other thing. I remember I saw a clip on Colin Cowherd's show, The Herd. Shout out to Colin Cowherd and Joy Taylor. I saw this. This clip when Colin Cowherd was talking about the NCAA finally approving this NIL policy where Clemson Tiger head football coach Dabo Sweeney said he said this, that if college if college athletes were ever given the ability to make money for themselves, he would retire from college football. Here's my issue with what here's my issue with them saying that Dabo get over it. Okay, all of you college coaches that are making seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars a year, these kids are sacrificing their bodies to help you get those contracts. Okay, it's just that damn simple. All of those bowl games that these kids are are able to get these coaches to. Yes, the yes, these kids have to buy into what these coaches are selling them as far as building a culture, building a winning program. But at the end of the day, bottom line is these coaches are not getting these six, seven, eight, maybe even nine million dollar contracts. If it isn't for these kids sacrificing and tearing their ACLs and ripping out their and ripping their 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 shoulder, their shoulders out of their sockets or tearing a labrum out of their shoulder. These coaches aren't getting those contracts if it wasn't for these kids sacrificing their bodies and buying in to what these coaches are selling them. So for all of you coaches out there, no matter your sport, lacrosse, hockey, baseball, basketball, football, it doesn't matter. All of you coaches out there who are feeling some kind of way about these kids now profiting, offer their own offer their own name, image, and likeness, get over it. Get over it because now these kids have earned the right to do so. And if you don't like it, like Dabo said, retire. Just that simple. Retire. But at the end of the day, if you're going to accept it, leave your ego at the door. Leave your ego at the door because if it wasn't for these kids, if it was not for these kids busting their asses for you every single damn day in practice and on Saturdays and even during those college football playoff games, you guys wouldn't be getting the contract getting the contracts to, that you deserve. So these kids have earned the right to have this to have this NIL policy 
approved and they've earned the right to benefit off of what they should have been able to benefit off of for years. It's just that damn simple. It's just that simple. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about Damian Lillard. As we all know, Damian Lillard is now, or there have been, or there are reports out there now that Damian Lillard has requested, or or is going to request a trade very, very soon. As we all know, Damian Lillard came out. Um, he came out recently during the exhibition games that Team USA had, and he said that him. Possibly requesting a trade is not true. Now, at the end of the day, pretty much, what else is Damian? What else is Damian Lillard going to say? He is not going to hog up the Olympics. He is not going to take the shine and the spotlight away from his team by saying, "Oh yeah, those rumors are true." So, for all of you out there that were that was expecting Damian Lillard to say, "Yeah, those rumors are true." Yeah, I'm going to request a trade. Stop. If you if you really think Damian Lillard was going to do that, then you delusional as hell. Then you really don't know. You know the 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 workings of or the workings of the self awareness of what an athlete or the the self awareness of what these athletes have nowadays. You don't get it. But at the end of the day, bottom line is, I believe Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard will eventually request a trade. He's just not doing it now because of the Olympics, and it's and it's smart on his part. But with that being said, in my opinion. Here are the teams that I believe Damian Lillard could end up going to. I believe he can end up going to either the New York Knicks, the Miami Heat, or the Oklahoma City Thunder. Bottom line, let's just get started with the Los Angeles Lakers. He's not going to the Lakers. He's not going to the Lakers. Let's just let's just get that out the way right now. He's not going to Los Angeles. Okay, that's number one. I don't even believe he's going to go to the Golden State Warriors. Think about this for a second, and I really want y'all to sit back and think about this for a second. Why would Portland help out the two teams that have been pains in their asses for the last three years? Why would go? Why would Portland help out Golden State, who they swept in the conference finals a couple years ago, by the way? And why would they help out the Lakers, who the Lakers just beat in the playoffs last year? Why would Portland help those two teams out? So, bottom line is this. I don't believe he's going to any team in the Western Conference if he were to get traded. The only team in the West, that, and, and, and also also this too, he's not going to Dallas. He's not going to Dallas. Why? Because I think Bradley Beal's going to end up in Dallas when Bradley Beal finally grabs, an, finally grabs an epiphany and realizes that he needs to leave Washington. But I digress on that. With Damian Lillard, the only team that I can honestly see Damian Lillard going to in the Western Conference is the Oklahoma City Thunder. And here's why I say the Oklahoma City Thunder. The team, the, the reason why I say Oklahoma City is because think about this. The last two big-time players, or, or I guess, well, yeah, big-time players that went to Oklahoma City that really nobody really paid attention to was Carmelo Anthony and Paul George. The Oklahoma City Thunder, they have draft picks just out the ass at this point, okay? They have draft picks just galore. They have around, what, 19 draft picks for the, over the next four to five years? So that's the only team in the Western Conference I can truthfully see Damian Lillard going to is the Oklahoma City Thunder. If he were to go to Golden State, I would be shocked, and I'm being dead serious about that. Now let's go to the 
to the Eastern Conference. I can see him with New York. Can you imagine Damian Lillard with the New York Knicks? I can see him going to Miami. Him and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, that would be an Eastern Conference Finals team in Miami. I could see him going to Philadelphia. I could totally see him going to the Philadelphia 76ers. Ben Simmons for Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard and Joel Embiid. Come on, man. That's that's an Eastern Conference Finals slash NBA Finals squad. That's just what I think. That's just my whole thing on the Damian Lillard situation. The only, so, to recap, the only team I could see Damian Lillard going to in the in the in the Western Conference, excuse me, is the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the teams that I see Damian Lillard going to in the East, New York, Miami, and Philadelphia. But coming up next, ladies and coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be my top five NFL questions heading into the 2021 NFL season. That's coming up. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. As we all know, we're coming up on the ending of July, July 19th. We're coming up on the ending of July, beginning of August. So what does that mean? Training camp, NFL preseason is coming up, and then the NFL regular season starts. As we all know, football season is one of the best times of the year, as we all know. I love the game of football. It's been my favorite sport since I was a little kid. But with that being said, here are my top five NFL questions heading into the 2021 NFL season. Let's get started. Question number five. Can Colts quarterback Carson Wentz get back to playing at the 2017-2018 level that he played at in Philadelphia while he's in Indianapolis now? As we all know, Carson Wentz got traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to the Indianapolis Colts, and he is now playing for the coach that helped him get to MVP status towards the end of the 2017-18 season in Frank Reich. And the question is, can Carson Wentz get back to playing to that level that he played at before he tore his ACL in 2017? Can he get back, can he get back to that level four years later? Here's my thought about that. And I'm going to be very, very honest. I think he can. And here's why I believe he can. I believe he can, me me personally, I believe that Carson Wentz can because of the simple fact that he's comfortable with Frank Reich. Frank Reich and Carson Wentz are comfortable with each other. I honestly don't believe that when Carson Wentz was, when Frank Reich left, Carson Wentz's ability to not have to do everything just went up and it 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 got to the point where where Carson Wentz was doing too much he he would he would do he was doing way too much when it when it was not necessary for him to do so when he had when he had Frank Reich calling plays yes he had Doug Peterson too but when he had Frank Reich there was a calmness to the way he played. There wasn't so much pressure on him to try to make plays when he did not need to make them at crucial moments in the game. And and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing that Carson Wentz had before he got hurt that he has now in Indianapolis. He has a running game. In Philadelphia, he had LeGarrette Blunt. He had Corey Clement. In Indianapolis now, he has Marlon Mack. He has Naheem Hines. He has Jonathan Taylor. So Carson, and then not only that, he has a T.Y. Hilton. 
He has a Michael Pittman Jr. He has a Paris Campbell. He has a Mo Alley Cox. He has a Jack Doyle at tight end. Carson Wentz does not have to try to do everything. And he has one of the best offensive lines in the NFL backing him up. So, to answer the question, can Carson Wentz get back to his 2017-2018 form? I'm not going to sit up here and say that he can, but I'm going to simply say that I believe you're going to see Carson Wentz probably play the best football of his career since 2017-2018 when he had Frank Reich calling the plays for him. Because like I said before, when Frank Reich left, Carson Wentz's doing too much ability, doing too much meter went through the roof. It, it, it went, it went absolutely through the roof. Okay. It, it was at about a two or three when Frank Reich was there. But when Frank Reich left, it went up to about an eight, eight, it went up to about an eight, eight and a half, nine, nine and a half. But now that, but like I said before, now that Carson Wentz has Frank Reich there again and he has the running game that he has in Indy and he has the weapons at the, on the perimeter and, and he has the defense to help back him up too. Carson Wentz doesn't have to do too, he doesn't have to do too much anymore. Now you can bring that doing too much meter back down to about maybe five, maybe four and a half, four ish. But that's my thought. Um, but those are my thoughts on Carson Wentz. Question number four. How and when will the Deshaun Watson Houston Texans saga end? I'm just gonna be just straight up, flat out honest about this. The Houston Texans, when they, the Houston Texans were going to trade Deshaun Watson before the draft, but then, as we all know, the sexual the sexual assault allegations popped up. Just every every sexual assault allegation from from just. Every woman that ever came into contact with Deshaun Watson just kept popping up left and right, left and right, left and right, left and right. So Houston trading Deshaun before the draft went out the window. But then Houston started to gain an epiphany. And what did they do? They drafted Desha- they drafted their, their eventual replacement for Deshaun Watson in Davis Mills out of Stanford. And what else did they do? They went out and they and they signed Tyrod Taylor. And they did they did these moves with the thought process of we know that we're eventually going to have to move on from Deshaun Watson so even though he's in this legal situation that he's in now let's just go ahead draft his replacement now while we got a chance let's sign Tyrod Taylor who's been a veteran in this league and led teams like the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs and eventually we know we're going to move on from Deshaun Watson so in my opinion how will this Deshaun Watson, Houston Texans saga end. It's all here's the thing. It's already on the verge of ending. It's just a. It's not a matter of if Houston will trade will trade Deshaun Watson. It's just a matter of when they'll trade him. Because like I said before, they were going to trade him before the draft until those sexual assault allegations popped up, and then they couldn't trade him. But then they went and they drafted his eventual replacement. Anyway, in Davis Mills, and then they signed Tyrod Taylor, like I mentioned before. So, like I said before, it's not a matter of when. It's not a matter of if if the, if this will end. It's a matter of when it will end. And that's my thought on that with the Houston Texans. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, question number three: Who can challenge the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC? In my opinion, there are two teams in the AFC that can challenge the Kansas City Chiefs. As of right now, 
the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. Now, here's the issue with both of these teams, okay? The Kansas City Chiefs have beaten the Baltimore Ravens three times in the last three years. Kansas City played Buffalo last year, and Kansas City kicked Buffalo's ass both times. They beat them in the AFC Championship game, and they beat them in the regular season. So, if you want, if you if you want to be very very realistic about this, yes, Buffalo and Baltimore both have the ability to challenge Kansas City. I'm not putting Tennessee in that mix, and I'm not putting Cleveland in that mix because, in my opinion, Cleveland has to win the AFC North and get a home playoff game first before anybody can label them as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. So Cleveland, yes, they have a very, very good roster. They have a stacked roster, but I'm not counting Cleveland. And plus, Cleveland just lost to Kansas City in January. I'm not counting Tennessee because I believe Tennessee losing Arthur Smith to him being a head coach of the Atlanta Falcons is going to is going to pay it's going to pay huge negative dividends for them down the line. So, with that being said, I think the only two teams in the AFC that can possibly challenge Kansas City are the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills as of right now. But if we're being really realistic about this, as of right now, Kansas City's won the AFC the last the last two seasons they've won the AFC the last two seasons they've hosted the AFC championship game the last three years and they've been to back-to-back Super Bowls so if we're being really realistic if we, if we being really real about this until Kansas City is actually knocked off as of right now there aren't any teams in the AFC that can challenge them as of as of right now but next up ladies and gentlemen the second question can Kansas City, this, uh, my, my uh, question two, can the Kansas City Chiefs get back to the Super Bowl for the third time in three seasons? As I said to you guys in my way too early NFL predictions, if you guys didn't listen, you can go back and listen. I got the Kansas City Chiefs going to the Super Bowl for the third, for the third time in three years. In my opinion, I think they can get back to the Super Bowl for the third time in three years. I honest I honestly think they can. I really really believe that they can. I mean, again, like I said before, until until they until they get beat, until a team until a team comes along and knocks off the Kansas City Chiefs, why can't Kansas City get back to the Super Bowl for the for the third time in 3 years? Why can't they? It's just that simple. I, I, I mean, again, like I said before, and in, in, in the last question that I answered, the only team that I believe that can legit or teams that can legitimately challenge them are Buffalo and Baltimore. And as of right now, neither one of those teams have neither one of those two teams have proven that they can beat Kansas City. So realistically, the only team standing in Kansas City's way of getting to a third Super Bowl is is Kansas City. Now, me being a Ravens fan, this is me being realistic with you guys. So, well, like, so with that being said, like I said before, can Kansas City get back to the Super Bowl for the third time in three years? It's very, very possible. The only team that can beat them as of right now until another team comes up and dethrones them, the only team that can beat the Chiefs is themselves. Which brings me to my number one question 
for the 2021 season. My number one question is this. Can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers repeat as Super Bowl champions? As we all know, there has not been a repeat champion in the National Football League since the 2003-2004 New England Patriots. Can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get back to the Super Bowl and repeat? In my honest opinion, I honestly don't think they will. Because I believe there are two teams that could get that could get in the buff, that could get in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers way of repeating as world champions. And that is the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. Those are the only two teams, in my opinion, that can stop Tampa Bay from repeating. And not only that, the NFC is a lot tougher, in my opinion. Okay? That's that's just that's just what I believe. But Honestly, can can Tampa get back to the Super Bowl? They very they they very very they very very well can. They they have a stacked ass roster. Their roster is they they could very now. In my opinion, do I do I think they're going to go undefeated? No, I don't think they will. I don't think they're going to go undefeated. But like I said before, can they get back to the Super Bowl and win it again? Absolutely, they can. They are more. They are certainly more than capable of doing that. But there, but like I said before, the two teams that I believe can get in their way of repeating as world champions are, like I said before, the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's going to be time for me to leave you. It's going to be time for the final segment of the show. It's going to be time for me to leave you with something to think about. That's coming up. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. The year 2014. Why do I bring up the year 2014? Because that is the year that Super Bowl 49 took place between Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett, and the Seattle Seahawks when they took on then Patriots quarterback Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, then Patriots wide receiver Brandon LaFell. And as we all know, we all know how that game ended. We well actually no, I take that back. We all know how good that game was. We all know how good that game was. But mainly that game will forever be remembered. Not just for the game in its totality and how good it was, but that game will forever be remembered in how it ended. As we all know, people forget before the the well-known ending to that to that game and how it ended, which I'm going to bring up in a minute. Before that game ending play happened, Marshawn Lynch was handed the football inside the ten yard line, or he he was handed the football around the six seven yard line and he and he got and he gained for about he gained about six seven yards and got down to the one yard line people forget that people totally forget that people forget that that happened and so then fast forward to the the second or third to last play of the game with Seattle Russell Wilson drops back to pass and Ricardo Lockett is on is running like is running like a pick route and Malcolm Butler pulls off one of the one of the best defensive plays in NFL history and he beats Ricardo Lockett to the football and picks it off and as we all know 
New England went on to win that game and Brady went on to win his fourth ring. But what if, what if Russell Wilson does not throw that, throw that interception? What if Russell Wilson and Daryl Bevel actually decide, you know what, let's turn around and hand the football off to Marshawn Lynch. And Marshawn Lynch actually scores and Seattle wins that game. Does the Legion of Boom, does, does that team as currently constructed that year, do they stay together for a couple more years? If they win that championship, do they go back to the Super Bowl again the following year? And do they play Denver again in a rematch in Super Bowl 50? Because as we all know, there has not been a repeat champion since since there's not there has not been a repeat champion since Super Bowl thirty nine with the New England Patriots. So that's a again that's my what if to you guys. If Seattle scores and they win that game, how much longer does that team stay together? And does that team does that Seahawks team as currently constructed do they get back to the Super Bowl the following year in 2015 and play Denver in a rematch in Super Bowl 50 that's a big damn what if man and not only that the biggest question of them all how much longer like I said before and I probably already asked this but I'm gonna ask it again how much longer does this team in Seattle, if they if they'd have won Super Bowl 49, how much longer does that team stay intact if they win that Super Bowl against if they win that championship against the New England Patriots? If Marshawn scores on the one yard line. Again, that's why this is what if. But thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. I'm your host, Jared Dawkins. I hope I hope all of you have, uh, continue to stay safe, stay smart, continue to wear your mask, continue to socially distance yourselves in whatever state requires you to do so, to do so that you are living in. I hope you all continue to, to enjoy the NBA Finals, as I will. Thank you for listening. I appreciate all of you. I'm out. Peace.